Food Tech Stars, powered by ACT Food Tech. Israel is home to one of the most vibrant, forward-thinking food tech ecosystems in the world, which makes it a desirable innovation hub. In this podcast, we speak to the people driving the future of food, researchers, entrepreneurs, and venture capital investors. Welcome to Food Tech Stars, with Karma Oren and Merav Oren, co-founders at ACT Food Tech. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Technologies will play a major role in tomorrow's agriculture. A number of global trends are influencing food security, poverty, and the overall sustainability of food and agriculture systems. To meet these challenges will require a concentrated effort by governments, investors, and innovative agriculture technologies. Agriculture 4.0 will no longer depend on applying water and fertilizers across entire fields. And instead, farmers will use the minimum quantities required and target very specific areas. Farms and agriculture operations will have to be run very differently, primarily due to advancements in technology such as sensors, devices, machines, and information technology. And future agriculture will use sophisticated technologies such as robots, sensors, and GPS technology. These advices and robotic systems will allow farms to be more profitable, efficient, safe, and environmentally friendly. And today, we are very excited to host Nitsa Kardish. Dr. Nitsa Kardish is the CEO of Trendlines Agri-Food Fund and the EVP of Trendlines Global Agri-Food, responsible for the group's global agri-food activity. Nitsa is widely regarded as a trailblazer in Israel's ag-tech investment community, and she brings more than 25 years of experience working in senior management positions at life science companies. Nitsa combines her experience in medical technology companies with her roots in agriculture science to develop companies in these, in these sectors and with objectives to feed the world with Israel's latest inventions in agriculture and food technologies, her passions, knowledge, and experience in science, agriculture, medical technology, and business are excellent combination to fulfill and lead these objectives. Wow, Nitsa, we are so, so excited to have you with us. So tell us, what can you tell us about your personal journey and activity at Trendlines? And as a matter of fact, how did you get here? <laughs> um, thank you, Mirav. Uh... I won't start from the beginning because it was many, many years ago. <laughs> But one of the most uh, convincing attitude I adopted and that influenced uh, the way I behave and in general and in my professional path uh, came from my father, father attitude. Uh, that like most of his generation was an immigrant in this country. He has uh, to give up most of his uh, habits, culture, and even values since he wanted to be part of the new Israeli. So he was in uh, adjustment mode. And watching him, I understood uh, the rules. And uh, in a very intuitive way, I did the same. We both actually uh, embraced the natural selection of Darwin. And this, uh, this attitude uh, influenced a lot my way of taking decision. And the most important one is that I was constantly in a dilemma. Uh, and the dilemma was, and it may be until now, the truth. Uh, so we both actually embraced the natural selection of Darwin. And that influenced the way uh, I make decisions. Uh, and from my perspective, is to be on a dilemma mode constantly. 
because the dilemma is how much I'm uh, uh, fighting to stay who I am and stick to my principles, my understandings, and how much actually I have to look around on the environment and try to understand what should I do now to recognize an opportunity and go for it. And that's exactly what happened uh, to me with trend lines. Uh, since uh, all my de- uh, formal education is in an uh, area of agriculture and plant molecular biology, but when I left uh, the Weizmann Institute, and that was many, many years ago, uh, the industry didn't exist. No one spoke about Arctic. But at the same time, the blooming area was medical technology, and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I made a shift, and I started as an entrepreneur there. And I built a company in the field of uh, female health uh, together with a urogynecologist. And uh, over five years, I led this company. And, you know, at the beginning, I used to say uh, that Dr. Okardish is the CEO of NHTSA, since it was only me, my laptop, and the car. But uh, at the end, it was a, a success. And uh, after 15 years of being uh, in a different uh, management, uh, manager's uh, positions in the medical technology area, I wanted to see a different and another horizon. And, I, and it was very clear for me that agriculture, that this world of agriculture is waiting, but maybe too, too much uh, waiting for the breakthrough. So I thought to myself, in this uh, startup nation, we do have two very strong uh, arms, the high-tech and technology and medical and biotech. And one missing arm uh, was uh, to close this uh, strong uh, triangle. And in my opinion, it was uh, agriculture that will do it. And the transaction from traditional agriculture to Arctic, this is the mission uh, that we have to fulfill in order for us to take care of the future food. So I look, you know, on on Arctic um, as a source for the value chain uh, to produce new food in a different way. And more than a year, I was looking for partners, but it was very difficult. Nobody really understood what I wanted to do. And uh, luckily enough, and by accident, I met our chairman, Mr. Steve Rhodes. And when I I shared with him my thought and vision, he told me, hey, Nitsa, you are entering an open door. Right now, this is uh, the field of agriculture or ACTEC is in our strategy, and it we are welcome you uh, with your uh, vision and your uh, knowledge and experience. Please uh, come, come and join us. And for me, the rest is history. And at the moment I entered my, my position, it was very important for us to build the strategy, to find a great team, and to map the, the relevant players in the community. Because at that time, we didn't have the ecosystem yet. So I went to speak with all the academias all over the country. I went to speak with government, um, uh, strategic partners in Israel and, and, and abroad, of course, source for money, for funding, venture capitals, with entrepreneurs, 
everybody was that was around to really call them to my uh, to join my journey and look after 10 years of this activity well this amazing ecosystem of algae food in Israel is one of the most successful and active and hectic one and I feel that uh, at least part of it was uh, our contribution including also the um, The Agrivest, the first and only um, international uh, conference in Israel and one of the most important all over the world that focus on innovation and uh, investment in Arctic. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big, big. Wow, really. I mean, what a journey. You are totally, definitely one of the veterans really here in the Agrifood here in Israel and in the world. So after telling us a bit about your journey, How does a day in your life look like? I mean, could you describe me a day in your life? Okay, uh, so that's very different, but there is only one constant mission. I start very, very early. I woke up every day around five o'clock, and I have an iron rule. Before I do anything else, I do one mission in housekeeping. I have to do it because my philosophy says that we have to take care of Of our own garbage it's true you know literally but it's true in general as well so uh, there are morning that I wash dishes there are morning that I uh, iron but like 15 minutes taking care of my garbage and then I go to swim sometime at the beach at the sea sometime in swimming pool and that mainly you know the tip of the day the top of the of my day and And after that, usually I have a lot of uh, meetings with our management, uh, dealing with strategy. I insist to meet our entrepreneurs and companies uh, during uh, you know, at least once a week because we are very much involved in uh, our portfolio. I look around to look for new opportunities, new collaborations, Uh, you probably knows that they, I'm very very active uh, in Singapore so they are start we start very early because when in Israel is morning Singapore is already noon time so it, it will go between you know management missions and strategy working with my team on uh, everyday missions and also what where we want to be in In, in a year from now, in 10 years from now, uh, working with the entrepreneurs and the companies. So it is very intensive. It's very interesting. But um, there are some, some moments of frustrations and satisfactions. And it is not always balanced. But, but uh, what we try to do is really to see what will be the next um, mission of To contribute to this uh, to this world uh, in our very specific uh, topic so what's the one thing you wish you had known when you were began your career this is very simple I wish I knew that time is the most valuable treasure ever it is uncomparable to anything else and it is so limited to I feel so sorry for all the young people, very young, that they don't understand it, that you have to get to my age to, to, to understand how, treasure, how treasure is time. So this is, of course, true for life 
and not only for career, my career. And please don't lose it. It will never come back. I know that this sounds like cliche, but what can we do? Even cliche uh, can be true sometimes and right. So time is very important. I agree so much. <laughs> so tell me, is there any one piece of advice that you received that made an impact on how you work and how you see the world today? So first, I will share with you uh, my opinion on My opinion on advices most of the time it doesn't work <laughs> most of the time you have to go and, uh, and, and, and get the experience in order for you to really understand and learn from that it is not always true that you don't have to put your hands in the fire to realize that it's hot sometimes you have to put it and feel the how hot it is that's my experience. So some insight uh, that was uh, crucial for me, like what my father used to say, stick to education. Education is very important and it is a very powerful tool. It was very true for me. That was my tool to, you know, uh, break the, the, uh, the glass ceiling. But when I started to say that to my children, they told me, Mommy, Your childhood is not our. We don't have to be a good student in order for us to be great people. And I had to admit that they were right. So it has to be changed. So uh, if I must choose, you know, an advice, so it be to be aware to the mistake that we all did, we all do, and we all will do. But try not to make the same mistakes twice. This is a very important lesson. So, but again, I am a great believer in professionalism and uh, to, be on the, to be an expert and professional, first you have to be brave, make mistakes and don't, don't repeat them. And I also like uh, an advice from the sunscreen song you probably know. So do one thing every day that scares you. I practice this uh, advice with my grandson. It's a lot of fun. In July 2020, you opened an innovation activity with Singapore with the establishment of Trendline Labs Singapore. What is the focus on this activity? Actually, our activity in Singapore started uh, six years ago. And uh, now we have uh, there are two incubators, one in medical technology, and the second one is um, uh, an innovation center Uh, that we established two years ago, part of our uh, venture capital uh, that uh, we established in Singapore together with Tamasek and other investors. So I'm running this uh, uh, venture capital. And uh, part of our uh, venture capital activity is the AFIC, which is Arby Food Innovation Center, and all our startups that the And all our Singaporean startups uh, that we invested in are uh, operating in this uh, innovation center. So until now, we uh, invested in three companies and we are continuing to invest in uh, Singaporean startup and also uh, other startups from the region, South Pacific Asia. The last activity uh, establishing the Trendlines Labs is a new one. 
Trendlines Labs is an, an innovation uh, unit in Trendlines that until now used to innovate solutions uh, for unmet needs in the market, in medical, and now they will start to do it in agri, agri-tech as well. So this activity actually will increase our activities in the medical and the agri-food tech uh, by finding unmet needs and uh, developing and creating uh, new and innovative solutions to uh, meet these unmet needs. So it is all uh, together, the venture capital, AFIC, the innovation center, and labs dealing with uh, creating new startups in a very innovative uh, way. Amazing, really. Everything is so big and global. Wow. So tell me, according to the report released by the Ag Funder, Karen Karp and Partners and the New Food Economy in collaboration with S2G Venture in 2019, female startup founders face more skepticism, loaded questioning, and smaller commitments from investors than their male counterparts. And female founders in agri-food tech are no exception, as you know, according to the new report, of course. As a woman investor, how can we make sure more funding is going to women? Very important uh, question, very important topic to look at this. And um, I will start with, again, maybe another cliche, <laughs> but uh, it's again true, you know, changing people's approach and mindset is difficult. And we know that it is uh, uh, all this area, all this industry of venture capital is a very close cycle. Of investors and investee, which is uh, difficult to penetrate. Uh, if you are not from the same military unit in Israel or from the same university, uh, so we uh, so it is almost uh, impossible to enter. So we have and we need uh, to expand those circles, circles uh, so they include a higher diversity of investors and investors. But at the same time, I have to say that I'm, I'm encouraged by, by what is going on. And for example, I, I would like to mention few, uh, a few exits and investment that occur in the last month or few months. And some um, examples of... Uh, a woman leading investments in, in, in VCs or, uh, or from CVCs. So we can, we can see that uh, evidence, uh, the few, few IPOs like uh, Zikit, an Israeli startup uh, that sold to Walmart. Uh, we all heard about uh, Whitney Wolf. She is the, um, 31 years old. And she is uh, the most uh, young uh, uh, woman that uh, went to IPO with her uh, company, the application uh, Bumble. And also the actor Jessica Elba uh, went to IPO with her uh, company Honest. And uh, the Israeli couple or former Israeli, Ronnie and Oren Frank, that they build... Uh, Talk space and nowadays uh, is going to be uh, traded uh, 
uh, in a value of $1.4 billion. And one of the most impressive uh, investment in Israel and in our field, more or less, is uh, Uko, an amazing CEO in person. Uh, and uh, and uh, it, 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 it is really encouraging and, and, and impressive. I came uh, through a research that calls the Diana Project that uh, was uh, um, done in the Babson College, and they found that uh, uh, the probability that uh, a venture capital with female uh, uh, partners uh, will invest in a company that the leader, the CEO, is, is a woman, is uh, three times higher if you compare it to a venture capital that only male uh, partners is there. And the, and the probability that they will invest in, in startup with a woman in the management team is twice bigger. So it is also, as you mentioned before, Mira, important to have women in the venture capital as an investors. So on a very personal note, I must say that we in Trendlines, taking this issue very, very seriously and in a per, as a personal mission, and it is, it is very obvious what we did. So our agri-food tech team in Israel is currently comprised only of women. I, I, I can't, you know, when I say that, people say that I have an agenda. It's not true. Maybe, I don't know. But all my employees are women, intelligent, powerful. So I think that we have to be very aware to that. And the, the whole team is active in promoting women entrepreneurship, for example, by engaging with female students, PhDs, by encouraging professionals to join leadership positions in our startups, and essentially, uh, we have to do what uh, Cheryl uh, Sandberg said, lean in, don't be afraid, be near the table, go in front. So as I said at the beginning, do one thing every day that scares you. So I guess uh, that the answer is that we women in Agritech and especially investors have to have the responsibility to make the change. And the best way to do it is by being a role model. It is a big responsibility. And we have to start it from a very, very young age. We have to start it in a kindergarten. I totally agree. Really. And um, we're so glad also that you partnered with us in the Women of Agri-Food Nation uh, competition and I, yeah. I I think it's very important to do all these things and I'm glad I that agree. you and I appreciate it. everything you do in that aspect thank you so the last question on a personal note what is your personal and professional vision for the next 10 years where do you see yourself uh, heading going personal I would like to be on the most you know highest mountain ever and to watch what what is going on uh, you know, in our field. And my dream and my desire is to see that all these startups and venture capitals and all this entrepreneurship activity will become a real industry. 
I want to say many factories in Israel and all over that producing products and selling all over the world. And I want to say that, you know, the, the 10 years that passed and the upcoming 10 years are becoming a, a real industry that changed the world in a very good manner. I want to see that our product serves uh, the population and it is also serving the farmers. And I want to see that we are improving the ESG level as a result from our activity. My uh, mission and what is interesting me more than everything is to see that the gaps between group of people is becoming smaller and smaller. I would like to know that what we, I did for the last 15 years brought well-being and welfare to the people in the world. Just wow. <laughs> to what an amazing thing to say, no, really. And I loved what you say about the mountain. Yeah. Wow. I will watch everything from, uh, you know, from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. So, Nitsa, really, very, very big thank you for joining us. It was very interesting. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It was great. Our pleasure. And we are Karmit Oron and Merav Oron from Food Tech Stars in collaboration with Food FM Radio. And join us for our next episodes. It's really going to be fun. Thank you. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.